what I called it before, <laughs> I was like, it's time to grow, like a dad would say to his kid. It's time to grow up. But I, I was like, oh, I don't want to say that. I don't want to come across that way. And so um, I, I kind of had to rethink my message here. And I was like, well, I don't want to come across sounding in the insincere way. And I changed it. It's, there's a time to grow, it, a time to grow. There's a time for everything. But I believe what God's calling to us specifically on Father's Day is a time to grow. And so um, in light of Father's Day, like I've been mentioning to you, is my prayer is that you would experience the Father's love. And I've been praying that God would speak to me and show me his heart. What do you want to speak to your people? What do you want to speak to your children? And I had to wrestle with that probably for about over a month. And, uh, but I, then God confirmed from last week when Mark Borkhart came and spoke with us, he confirmed what that message was. And he had mentioned that it's a joy of a pastor to find his church body still gathering, still meeting to come and worship God and, and be, be obedient, not to what the pastor's saying, but be obedient to what God is calling out of us to come and gather to worship, even in his absence. And for those of you that don't know, he's on a sabbatical, he's on a break here. And we're praying that God rests, uh, he gets rest and is, is restored and is refreshed. And it was also confirmed, um, as I'm still growing and learning and, and, and preaching, it's also confirmed, it's important to hear from God, but it's also important to be involved in the lives of, I'm not, maybe not involved in every one of your lives, but through a few people that I had spoke with and the members of the church, I heard the need or what God was wanting to speak to his people and not through a, a couple conversations with the members of our church. And so I want to do my best <laughs> to come across um, in a loving way and in a way that doesn't sound insincere. And so, truthfully, I might not be perfect in how I deliver it, but I'm praying that your heart's open to hearing him because that's the most important thing, hearing his love for you. And that, truthfully, that's what I hope that you receive if if you receive anything, it's his love, his healing, his blessings, his promise, his goodness, his mercy, all for your life. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and if you have your physical copy of God's Word or your digital copy, uh, you can go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 18. Um, once you turn there, we'll go ahead and read through our scripture here. This is Paul talking to the Philippians, the church of Philippi. He says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the skies, in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I not run or labor in vain. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that there are times to grow, that there are times for everything, but there's a time to grow, Lord. Would you show us what that looks like in, 
in regards to your word and what you want to speak to us today. But most importantly, Lord, would you help our hearts to be open to receive your love? I thank you, God, that it says in your word, God, that you discipline those that you love, Lord. If we need discipline today, if we need correction, if we need encouragement, God, if we need inspiration, whatever we need, I thank you. Just like I said before, you know what that need is. Would you come and speak to us? In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. All right, here we go. I'm excited um, to share the word of God with you this morning. Okay, and so what Paul is talking about um, in the scripture here, he already has relationship with the Philippians, kind of similar to what Pastor Brent has with this church. He started this church. Paul had started the church in Philippi when he was there in his visit. Okay, and so earlier in this, he's, he's talking to them, like he already has a close relationship with them. There's a close connection there. He, his heart is for them. And he's talking from a place of imprisonment. Pretty ideal place to share the word of God, right? Share a word of encouragement. Pretty ideal. While he's going through some suffering and pain, he's still able to share and encourage them. And he's, he's coming to them in an encouraging way. He's saying, hey, you've been obedient. Not just to me and to what I've taught you, but to God, more importantly. And so, what is he asking them? He said, hey, okay, not only in my presence, okay, when I was there, you had someone by example to imitate after. But he's telling, he's talking to specifically each of the individuals at the church of Philippi. Hey, it's your responsibility to work out your own salvation. God has entrusted each of you, each of us, to work our own salvation. What, what is Paul talking about? We get saved by our works to get to heaven? No. Paul, actually, the same author, says, no, my works are, I'd be able to boast if, if it was that, but my works are garbage. I, I, my works can't get me to heaven. And so what's, what's Paul saying here? He's saying, hey, there's a, there's a time to grow. There's a time, and, and he's contrasting it between the world and Christ's followers. There's a time to grow. This is what exactly what Paul's saying. He's saying either we'll become like the world or we'll become more like Christ. Those are the only two options that we're faced with. And there's consequences, both good and bad, from both sides. Okay? And so what he's saying here is to not attain heaven through what you do. But he's saying, hey, it's time to grow. It's time to spiritually grow or mature. What a father talk, huh? Father talk with the Philippians. And, but, he, but it's great because he's going through a time of suffering. He's going through a time of pain. He's like, hey, and where they're at, the Philippian church, it's pretty hostile there. When he was there, it was pretty hostile. It wasn't an ideal area to preach God. It was kind of scary at times. And back in Philippians, the first chapter, he mentioned, hey, don't be afraid to continue to grow in God and be obedient to him. And so what's Paul saying? He's saying, hey, when you accept Jesus, that free gift of salvation, that that's your ticket to heaven, it shouldn't just stop there. Well, I, if we say we believe in God and Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the challenge that Paul is saying, he's encouraging them, but he's challenging them, hey, let's follow God now. Otherwise... The temptation is, we'll become what we're around. We'll become what we surround ourselves with. 
So if we surround ourselves with the world and what the world thinks and the world's standards and the world's way of doing things, and, and if you are afraid of, of them and finding your freedom from, from them, it'll be taken away. And so what is he saying? He's saying we can either, like in Romans 12, he encourages don't be conformed in the world's image, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He's saying be conformed in God's image. Become more like Christ. Christ-likeness, that's the other option, to become more like Christ. And so he, uh, w- there's three tools that God uses to help us become more like Christ. Does anybody know one of them? There you go, prayer. Yes, so that's probably a good first step, a relationship with God. And that's what we believe at Raiden Springs Church. And prayer, is, it's an intimate relationship, God. It's a lifetime relationship with God. You don't have to be perfect. Jesus is the one that's perfect. He's the one that makes us clean and whole and gives us a right relationship with our Father. Okay, it's believing in his name, but it's continued. It's, okay, I'm bringing my request. I'm bringing my need before God, but I'm also listening to him, hearing what he has to say. Okay, and so prayer is the first step. And so what is the, what is the church in Philippi struggling with? Verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. They're complaining. Why? Because their circumstances are pretty rough too. They're in a place where it's pretty worldly, okay? And it's hostile to the gospel. They're afraid to continue to do God's work. And it's hard, uh, it's hard to, to not complain because of the situation that they're in has caused them to be, in other words, discontent. And so what is complaining? Complaining is an expression. I'm sorry, I've got to catch up with my notes here. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Complaining is an expression of being discontent with God's will leading to live our lives, and it leads us to live our lives in unbelief. Now, am I saying that God brings that, he brought that suffering on the church of the Philippians? Or does God bring suffering on your life and my life? No, I don't think he does, but I believe he's going to do something through prayer, okay? And so, what Paul's trying to help us out with here is, hey, don't complain, don't argue, but instead, through prayer, bring your request, bring your need. God's not afraid of that. He wants you to. He desires you to, because if we're complaining, most importantly, we're complaining, hey, God, I don't trust you right now what I'm going through. I don't think you can help me with what I'm going through. I don't think you understand what I'm going through. And a result, that brings us to not believe in God. A lot of times in Scripture, the reason why people didn't experience God's promises, his blessings, his truth, or the Israelites getting into the promised land, it was because of unbelief. It's because of complaining that led that. And so, well, what pleases God? Not unbelief, faith. Have faith. Have relationship, an intimate relationship with God. Because through that, through your prayer, through you bringing your requests before him, and, or bringing your needs, or bringing your heart, whatever it is, when you bring that to him, he understands you, he knows you, and he desires to show himself to you. He understands what pain, what suffering, what brokenness is like. Okay? And... Instead of complaining, we need to bring our requests. We need to bring our hearts before him through prayer. And he's going to reveal himself. But a lot of times, like I mentioned to you, the people of God did not see 
the Israelites did not see God and his promises and his blessings and his love truthfully because of their unbelief. And so what I'm telling you today and encouraging you with, just as Paul is encouraging the church of the Philippians, is, hey, if, if you're going through something, don't be afraid to bring it before God. Don't be afraid to talk to him about it. Share your all of what's inside of you and bring it before him. He's not afraid of you. He wants to help you. He wants to show you who he is through this. Okay? And because the other option, when we complain, we're not becoming like Christ. We're becoming like the world. And truthfully, Scripture says that if we're becoming like the world, the Bible says that that's an enmity. That's an enemy with God. I don't think God's going to stop pursuing us and showing his love for us. But we position ourselves in that way when we become more like the world. So we need to grow in doing our best not to complain. Now, how do we, how do you do this, Andy? How do you spiritually grow? I totally forgot this part. How do you become more like Christ? Because, okay, I can't do, I can't attain salvation, and you want me to become more like Christ. And when I think about Christ, he's perfect. How can I attain perfection, Andy? That same spirit that helped Jesus Christ to humble himself to the point of death on the cross, that same spirit is available to those that believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That same spirit is available to us to help us to live the way that God wants us to, to not become like the world, but to become more like Christ. Okay, if you, com- if you struggle with complaining, you don't know how to raise your hand. I know sometimes I do, okay? And I need God's help. I need God's help not to become more like the world, but I want to become more like him, okay? Because the world needs to see him. The world's looking for answers, and God, he has his answer. It's the church. It's us to reveal his love, and he wants to do it in us. And he's got to do it in us before he can do it through us. So it's God who began this good work, and he's going to bring it to completion like Philippians says in Philippians 1. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to do it in you and through you. Now what we have to do is through this prayer, through this relationship with him, we have to yield to what he's speaking to us. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's uncomfortable because he's asking us, hey, give this up or do this, do this. A lot of times it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. It's a lot of wrestling. And until you do do that, that's when you can experience peace. That's when you can experience his love and see him for who he is. He's not just telling you to do stuff. He wants to show you who he is. Our response he's looking for is obedience. Our whole hearts. And if we're looking at Jesus' life here, Going back to Jesus' life, when Jesus was here on earth, he spoke, and John, uh, John talked about him in five, chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. Jesus, he answered to the people and said, Hey, I don't do anything by myself. By myself. I only do what I see the Father doing. And, 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 and I know this, too, that the Father, uh, he loves me, and so he's going to show me. He's going to show me all he does. And so what does that say for us? It's important that we have a close relationship with God to see him, like Jesus said. Jesus saw him. Jesus knew him. 
and it was through an intimate relationship, through prayer, okay? And the way that starts for us is believing in Jesus because we can't get to the Father. No one comes to the Father, Jesus said, except through him. And so if we want to see God, we have to continue to come and allow him to show himself through prayer and not complain. Does that make sense? All right, let's continue here. The next thing that Paul's talking about here, do everything in complaining and not arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Well, the only way that we become blameless and pure, or in other words, children of God with all fault, none of us can live a sinless, perfect life. So like I told you, it has to start with Jesus. Jesus is the one that was perfect. He took upon your pain that we deserved. Our punishment was upon him on the cross that we deserved, and he took it upon himself. So that way, when we believe in Jesus and, and we come before him with, in prayer and our requests before God, he can, God the Father can look at us and say, oh, you're like Jesus, but you're blameless and pure. And you're not becoming like the world. You're not complaining, but you're bringing your request before me. And we can come before him as children of God. The Bible says we, there's, we, we don't have a right to come before uh, God or, unless we believe in Jesus. Jesus gives us that right to become before him and be a child of God. God desires that. God wants a relationship with us. He wants us to be blameless and pure. He wants us to be set apart from this world. I'll show you. Because Paul's talking to him. He said, without a fault, and a crooked and depraved generation. And he says this, in which you will shine like stars. God has given us a goal to be set apart from this world. If you think about stars, stars are pretty far, right? They're not of this world, right? That's how God wants you and I to look so different. But we can see, the world can see that even such a tiny light can show us more of God, okay? And so it's important that that's a, that's a high goal to reach, and we can't do it without God. But we also can't do it without this. He says, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life, not meaning that we're better than the world, but that we're set apart from the world, that we're different now, we're not doing the things that the world's doing, but we're becoming more like Christ. And he says this, as you hold out to the word of life. What's the word of life? The word of God. The way that God helps us to grow is, it can't just be prayer. Because if we're only praying, it's like this. If I'm working out and I'm working on a bench press, I'm putting 45 and a 45 and a 45, praying to God, help me through this suffering. This pain is super hard. And on the other side, the word of God's not there, and I'm not spending time with him. I'm not allowing his word to be the thing that gets me through, that gives me the strength that I honor above everything else. If the word of God's not in my life, it's going to be an uneven weight, and I'm going to hurt myself. We need both prayer and the word of God to get us through whatever we're going through. The church of the Philippians, they were in a hostile area. They were afraid because of the worldly culture that was around them. Okay, and so, um, so Paul's encouraging them, hold on to the word, hold on to the word above anything else in this world, in this world, because this is the thing that's going to help you through every season of your life. It's going to be your comfort. It's going to be your salvation. It's going to be your strength. And then he says this, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ, 
Paul's talking from a place of prison. He was imprisoned in the, in the Philippians, but this is in the church of Philippi. When he first started that church, he was literally put into prison after he started the church. And now he's in prison again in Rome. Probably soon to facing his death. But he says this, okay. As you stay connected, stay submitted to God and allow him to grow you and to work out your own salvation through prayer and through the word of God. As you allow God to work that in the midst of maybe not ideal circumstances, that, hey, I get it. I understand the pain that you're going through. But more importantly, Paul is trying to show us that Christ gets it because, because Christ took his, our punishment upon him. He understands the, the pain, the suffering that we go through, but he desires to bring that to us, to show us that he hears us, that he understands us, that he knows what we're going through. But Paul also says, hey, there's a day. There's a day that I'm going to rejoice. There's a day that I'm going to boast. And there's a day when Jesus Christ is coming back. My hope, okay, is this, that there's a day that all this pain and suffering is not forever. It might be for a moment, but I'm going to be rejoicing again. There might be mourning in the night, but I'm going to be rejoicing. Not only for my salvation, but he says this, that I didn't run or labor for nothing. He had poured his heart and soul and was obedient to what God wanted him to do in the church of Philippi and starting it. But he has, he has such a care for them that he reaches out to them several years later and, and hears what's happening, hears the reports and says, hey, don't quit. Don't quit so that way I can rejoice, not just in knowing that God's my comfort and salvation, that the suffering isn't forever just for me, but knowing that, hey, you understand this. And that's the third tool God uses is suffering. Does God bring that upon you? Some of us believe that. And I don't know the suffering that you've walked through in your life. I know in these past year, over a year, it's, it's been hard for quite a few people, myself included. And I don't know your suffering, but I know one who does. And he wants to show you who he is through his word and through a relationship with him. And not only that, just like Paul said, Paul doesn't want to be the only one to understand that he's he understands that God's his comfort, that is salvation. But he says, just in Corinthians, he says, hey, I'm going through trials. So that way I can be a comfort and salvation to you. And know that, hey, my labor wasn't in vain. All this stuff that I went through, it was for your faith. Okay? And so, right here in verse 17, Paul says, but even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith... I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. What's Paul saying? He's saying here that, hey, all that I gave is being poured out, but it was worth it. All this pain that I'm experiencing, the suffering, and I'm about to near, come to my death sentence, I'm okay because of the result of your faith. The church of Philippi was the ones that helped Paul continued his mission, a generous gift. And not only that, like he said, like he mentioned before, you were obedient to God. Even when you didn't have me as an example to lead you, continue to grow. And what he's saying here is it was worth going through that suffering because I understand God's my comfort and salvation, but I'm going to rejoice because you understand that my pain wasn't in vain. 
It was so that you know that you can have comfort and salvation, not just in me, but in Jesus Christ. And so he says now, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. With the, if the worship team can come up here as I close. What are the tools God uses to help us grow? It has to start with prayer. It has to stay, start with a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you hear me talk about him, he died on the cross. He saved us from our sins. This is what he did for us in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 to 5. Isaiah says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. If you've gone through suffering, I know a lot of times that can be the thing that turns us from God instead of turning us closer to God and understanding that Christ, he understands suffering. He understands pain. Because the Bible says he was at the beginning and nothing was created without him or through him. And he lost the very thing that was closest to him and he was willing to do anything for it. That was to lay down his life for you and me. If you don't believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you want to give your life to him and receive this free gift of salvation and receive the Father's love today, that's available. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around allowing God to speak to you, if that's you today and you want to accept Jesus, I just want you to take a bold step of faith and just raise your hand. Nobody looking around. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, you want to give your life. And, and God sees you. If you're, on, if you're online too, you're not here, He sees you. If everybody can pray this prayer with me. Dear God, please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross and to save me from my sins. And we thank you that you are Lord and you're our Savior, and we give you our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to challenge you and encourage you. If God's speaking to you in areas that he wants you to become more like him, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through knowing and growing and allowing the word of God to be the thing that you hold on to firmly above everything else, or it's just understanding that, hey, God doesn't bring the suffering, but he'll use it. He'll use it. And you're not too far gone. You're not too far gone. Amen? If you guys can go ahead and stand with us this morning as we go into a time of worship.
just a closing story here. When I first came to God, and I knew His love for me, all I knew how to do was pray, read the Word of God, go to church, and I would do that time and time and time again. And I didn't have any everything healed. There was still brokenness in my heart. There was still hurt. There was still pain. There was still some suffering that I was going through. And my mom has a boy, had a boyfriend at the time, and he rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. But it wasn't because of anything he did. It was just he, he had reminded me of the pain and brokenness that was still inside of me from a hurt relationship that I had. There was still pain. There was still suffering. And so when I came to the Father, when I came to God in prayer, I said, God, change that guy. Change him. God was like, "Ah, I'm trying to change you, son. I didn't understand that at the time. I didn't know that. What it sounded like to me was similar to what my dad had taught me, that I hear a lot of rules there wasn't much relationship. And so I was like, I, I began to read God's word and he wasn't answering that request. The suffering was still there. The pain was still there. And I was like, oh, I see God. I see how things are. You just want me to follow all your rules. You don't care about me. You don't care about my pain, my suffering that I'm going through. No, you don't. You're not doing anything. So 18 years old, I walk out. I walked out of my house, walked away, went and lived a worldly life. And as I walked out, I felt God's heart break, and I can hear Him speak to me and talk to me. And my mom's crying, my mom's sobbing, and, I, and I'm just like, I can hear Him say, don't go, don't, don't, don't go, I still love you. And I'm like, no, I don't care. I don't, you don't care about me? You had your time to share with me. You, you didn't do anything about my suffering. You didn't take this away. You didn't take away my brokenness. You don't care about me. And every day being away from home, my heart would break every time I would go to sleep. And I was doing drugs, and God would still show me his love and say, I still love you. And I would go to bed crying, 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 until I eventually come home. Several years later, share this story with you that it's not too late to come home. It's not too late, and God doesn't bring that suffering upon you. But he wants to show you his love and his plan for you. He was my comfort. He was my salvation. Will you allow him to be your comfort and salvation today through whatever you went through or whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through? Will you allow him to show you who he is? Let me pray for you as you go. God, we thank you. God, that you desire relationship with us through prayer through your word and we thank you that it's not too late to come home those that are watching online or have maybe turned from you maybe not trusted you lord would you show them it's okay to come home father's arms are open wide ready to accept them and god i just pray god that you'd show us who you are in jesus name amen amen You guys are dismissed. Have a happy Father's Day. God bless and greet each other as you go.